So welcome back to another episode of Mantras and More, and uh, please join, uh, join me in welcoming Dr. Pradhima, who is from Agni Healthcare. Um, not only is she an Ayurvedic practitioner and an educator, but she also um, has a very strong family lineage um, that she's going to uh, tell us all about. Um, welcome Dr. Pradhima to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Amy. It's a pleasure to join you. And yes, I'm Dr. Pratima Nagesh. I, uh, as Amy told, I have a family lineage. We have got, uh, it's like our generation is the seventh generation in Ayurveda and astrology. So I have uh, had seen the, uh, how the Ayurveda works in the young age, looking at my grandfather, what he does. And um, then somewhere around my teenage, I had a very bad um, allergic bronchitis and um, antibiotics and the long-term treatments from the allopathy doesn't work. Whereas Ayurveda helped me to get better within a year. And after that, I never ever had a, um, any that kind of allergic reactions. And then I thought, okay, there is something really interesting in this. And this is what I'm going to pursue as my um, um, career, passion, everything. In it does show. consume you once you fall in love with Ayurveda. It does consume you. So that's lovely to hear. And uh, and in respect to mantras, Doctor, because you have a quite a vast knowledge of mantras as well. So where does that come from? Yeah, that, that come from my uh, family. As I said, it's uh, astrology and uh, we used uh, mantras a lot in my family. And um, as I said, it's a combined knowledge of Ayurveda and astrology. We use the mantras, which in Ayurveda we say as the Daiva Vepashre, that is like using the mantras and its vibration to reach out when the certain disease is there. That's how, and I learned it from, the, that's again where I learned from my family, always listening to it, how the pronoun, correct pronunciation is and what to do and which one to use where, that's where um, we learned. Okay, brilliant. We'll come up, back onto that because that's a very interesting topic. And um, in regards to Ayurveda, I know that uh, you have your own clinic as well, so we should look at healthcare, but you also teach in Europe as well. So you're an educator, but I know that you're also teaching in England too. Is that right? Yes. And uh, talk to us a little bit more about that, about, about your clinic, please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my clinic is in Upminster and in central London. That's Agni Healthcare. And um, what I, what kind of patients I see, that's what everybody asks. Of course, in this country, even though we, we want to practice our specialization, we see almost everybody who comes to us, but my specialized area is autoimmune diseases and the chronic diseases, cancer care. These are the, my specialized area. And these patients, especially when I'm uh, dealing or the, helping them, with the, um, their health journey, what I do is what kind of chemical medicine they are on because of their chronic uh, health issues, they are already on one or the other kind of yeah. um, chemical medicine. So how to give uh, herbs and how to give uh, external Ayurvedic therapies without causing any kind of uh, you know interactions and the reactions between them. That, that's where my interest is more. And so I see more of that kind of um, patients quite a lot in the clinic. Brilliant. And so it's autoimmune, chronic diseases and cancer patients. So that's quite specialist. That's really good to know. 
And what's your, with, with your therapy, what's your favourite part of your therapy that you actually do? Or any yeah. particular, any particular yeah. therapy or, or any particular, you know, part of Punch Karma that you think I really enjoy this one and this is my favourite? Yeah, uh, listen, Panchakarma is my specialization also. That's what my MD is in. So I love all the five karmas and the, all the small, small bits of the Panchakarma in that. And um, to, but when I started pra practicing in the West, looking at our weather and all those things, I extensively started practicing the external applications and different external treatments, which are not as intensive as the, the deep cleanse. Original Panchakarma, yes, a mini, a mini Panchakarma. Can you just explain what Panchakarma is, please? Because none of our listeners may not know. Okay, this Panchakarma is the five major treatments. What we usually say in Ayurveda is, what they do to your body is something like you're having a, a surgery without any instruments that much changes you will have inside the body with them they are mainly vamana that is the uh, medically induced uh, emesis and virechana which is medically induced purgation and there is two kind of anima which is astapana and anvasana in which one of which we use multiple medicines and one of which we use the medicated um, ghee or oil and the fifth one is the nasya, where we apply, where we administer the medicine through the nose. This is the, the original panchakarma, which are the major treatments, and you do really wonders to your body. Even the, uh, even the whole area. So you're going from, from the, the brain through the nose, ENT system, and then obviously the lungs, the stomach through the purgation is and the induced vomiting it is just layman I want to put it in layman's terms for people that don't know and then I think one of them is you can drink ghee and then you'll be going you know releasing in the toilet so that's also very powerful and very strong and you use very various uh, medical decoctions don't you in, in various herbs in the ghee or the drinks milk I know is sometimes used and then you obviously have the bus beat or the enema or the um which you 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 can use like oils or decoctions of I think honey is sometimes used or shida these are different are different yeah. so you, what we do is for the basti the enema we not only honey honey and the medicated oils decoctions and some uh, herbs powders everything is mixed to get a particular balance so that this can do really wonders it can mm -hmm. be given many diseases and give a it can be kind of improving your strength or detoxing both can be achieved by that I mean, I, personally i have an autoimmune disease which is being investigated at the moment and i've had a busty treatment for joints and inflammation and from my first treatment that day to the second day there was such a reduction in swelling in my joints just in 24 hours huge yeah. reduction and then when I went for my second and third treatment, my body, you could feel the changes through, through pressing different areas that it was less squidgy and less inflamed and less sore. So it does work. I'm a uh, you know, big advocate of a holistic therapy in Ayurveda. I love it. But yeah, it definitely it does work. It, I think sometimes we don't accept these things because they're new to us or we're not sure. And we think, oh, it's just herbs. Herbs aren't that powerful. But paracetamol is coming from a herb. 
you know, it's coming from a tree. So there, all these things are coming from nature in some form. So if we use, we can use herbs and they can be very potent if we use them in the, in the right way. So thank you, it was, uh, that was really nice. Well, out of the bunch, is bunch goat your favorite? Which one's your favorite one? I just want to pinpoint that one and why. <laughs> okay, see the way how we do it here very quickly, that's why. Um, Basti is my the all-time favorite, but the most I practice is the Nasya and the Virechana. Okay. Nasya is the one through the nose, and the Virechana is one, the Purgation. Okay. Because it's, uh, even in the uh, different methods of practicing it, and it's easy to practice and very effective. Okay, all right, brilliant. And um, in regards, we were talking about mantras earlier, and I wanted to go back to that. So you said you were you grew up with learning different mantras for different ailments. So not just it wasn't because a lot. I think a lot of the time it's misunderstood that people read mantras. I want to have a son, so you read this mantra, or I want to attract money, so I'm going to pray to Lakshmi, Lakshmi Mata, and I'm going to read this mantra. But actually, it goes a lot deeper than that, and it's not just you know that is a very gross level, I think. But if we go to the subtle level, how can reading mantras and, and reciting them properly and doing it in the proper fashion, how can that help reduce the ailments of our body? And how does that work? Every mantra, what we say, that is with one, what we say as a, uh, something like, I want something. That's what you are asking, right? And I, your intention or your, or your desire, yeah. You are expressing that, but also you are expressing your um, hundred percent of will to achieve that. Mm -hmm. You are doing that, and so that's why those mantras are done in a way. The words are put in a way that, when you say that, that have certain vibration. So that if you can utter in the right way, of course, that's the best way. Of course, all the mantras might not be easy for the pronunciation by everyone. At that time, even listening to it, just keep calm and listening to it because that vibration comes to your ear, through your ear, when it comes to your brain, when you are into it, your body starts to experience the way how the vibration goes in the uh, body when you are reciting it slowly. So that's why the pronunciation and the way how it is written, that makes a big difference. And to, you know, you pointed out, some people say that, okay, I want this, I'll, I'll, I have to say this mantra, but how much effort you are putting in there? How much 100% will to do that? That is there. That, that's what uh, at least I've been taught when I was very young, that if you want to recite and get it, one is your faith. Second one is your will to walk on that path. There's two parts of this, because in sound, we say intention plus vibration equals to healing. So if we're reading something for a specific purpose, let's say it's for... Uh, if, is there a mantra for leg pain or for, for joint pains or inflammation? If we have something like that and then we're reciting it, we have the belief to um, that it's going to work and we're repeating it. So almost we're signaling to the subconscious brain or the subconscious mind that we need to work on repair and this is what we're repairing. So we've got that part of it as well. 
But the second part of that is we have the vibration. Now, vibration on its own and uttering sound without any meaning is a vibe, very powerful vibration, you know, that what with the intention that will do the healing, even if we if the mantra didn't make any sense to us. So sound uh, in sound therapy, so the belief is that sound as a vibration plus intention equals the healing. So it's, a, it's the same concept. And that does come from the, the Vedas. Um, sound yeah. therapy does lead back to the Vedas and Vedanta believing. So that is really that is really interesting. So they are affecting us on the from the gross to the subtle levels of the body, even through listening and yeah. through uttering. And um, a, a lot of people are making some errors in recitation because I think they they haven't been taught or they haven't heard or they just simply don't know I don't think it's they you know they're not doing it on purpose but I have noticed like we say the word om and om is not correct oh it's not om it's actually om so it's a u and an m and the sound we can break that down and that reverberates differently in our mouth the sound comes from a different area can you can we please talk about the importance of pronunciation? Because um, most of the mantras are in the, either in the Sanskrit. If you are going for the Hinduism or the Vedic mantras, if you're going for the Buddhist mantras, they are in the Pali. These two languages coexisted some in the a few thousand years ago. Mm -hmm. So it is they are completely based on the right pronunciation because that pronunciation subconsciously gives you the uh, signal to your uh, mind like that yeah so, the sacred sounds yeah the sacred sounds from that years ago so i'll give you an example now that's the gayatri mantra what we always uh, or most of us know it's a communist mantra mm -hmm. the reason for reciting the gayatri mantra is you are praying the the Adidevata or the, the leader of that is the Surya and the Gayatri. There are two people. So Surya is the sun and Gayatri is the go goddess who is uh, for the, um, you know, for the Dhi. Dhi is your intellect and it's your uh, analytical power. It's your uh, rationality to go to the right path for you. So we, that- Logic and reason. Yeah. yeah. So there is a way of singing. In that, they say we say in the end that is dio. That's we are asking of all these things. Yo, naha means ours. The person who is singing is not, or the listening is not doing only for them. It is for the people who can they consider as their family. Or I'm asking for, not just for me, but for my family, my road, my street, my area, my world. So we're asking for blessings for everybody. Yeah, okay. for us, that's what they are saying. And the last word is prachodaya, keep it always open. It's make, it's like the kindle my um, uh, ability to hear so that I can seek the right path. Mm -hmm. So you, there is a lot of, and the guy, Gayatri Mantra is one of the mantras used extensively and different people have used the different way of singing it. What's the benefits of the Gayatri Mantra, just to start with? What are the main benefits? Because then I've got something interesting to add into this. 
Okay. So yes, Gayatri Mantra's benefit is mainly to get your mind focused on the right path and kindle your intellectual power. These are the two main benefits. Yes, then it adds on to your uh, health, adds on to your prosperity because when you have the right vision and your um, rationality or your intellect is kindled always, so you walk on the right way, that adds on to your prosperity, your health, all these things. All the other things come as the secondary added factor to the... Yeah, if, if your mind's in the right place, then these things do tend to fall in so there is um, a study um uh, somebody did uh, in the uk it was, it was an ayurvedic doctor from india i will post that link um to her youtube her talk um in in the in the podcast below but she was she's amazing she actually took a group of of people and they recited the gaitri mantra in the morning uh, 108 times and um then she had a group of people that were reciting it but they were doing it in english she also had some people they weren't able to recite it properly in Sanskrit, so they had to we had they had to stop them. So it was only the people that could say it properly in the in the Sanskrit form, and then you had the people repeating it in English in their transliteration. So this was an experiment to see whether saying it in Sanskrit makes a difference or whether you can translate it into any language. And the results were amazing. So after three months of recitation the neurochemicals in the brain and, and the secretions and the, you know, a lot of the, the left hand and the right hand side of the brain, the people that were reciting uh, in, in Sanskrit, they had both balanced and became level with each other. A lot of things, you know, a lot of things in the brain were calm and balanced and the, you know, the secretions and the hormones and everything like that. But the people that were reciting in English, there was no change after three months they were reciting not the words in English, they'd actually changed the form completely into a translation that had no benefit. After three months, they stopped the study and for again another three months, uh, they said, right, no one's going to recite it now. And at the end of that three months, they saw that the people that had did the Gaitri Mantra in Sanskrit, they still had maintained, even though they stopped three months ago, the benefit uh, on the brain and then, you know, all the chemicals, had sustained itself for three months longer, but the people that had started the translation in English and then kept, it still had no beneficial effect on them. So saying a mantra in Sanskrit, because it's a divine sound that were, you know, passed, we, we say, you know, the universal sounds that were revealed to the rishis, because of that, um, they have, you know, effects on our subtle body, our energetic body, and help us to balance various things. I mean, there's, uh, I've seen diagrams of the Gaitri Mantra where they show that specific sounds are activating specific energy centers in the body. And I yep. believe there's three lines for the Gaitri Mantra and eight syllables each, if I'm correct. Yeah. It says the essence of the Vedas is in the Gaitri Mantra. And there's many, many benefits. So I've studied this one in particular because of this study I was very interested in. Uh, in detail and I wanted to discuss that with you that not only is it beneficial to do it um, in Sanskrit but we also we repeat it 108 times so doctor why do we repeat it 108 times can you tell our listeners yeah 108 is a sacred number that's also there the sacred numbers are when you are repeating 
of course remember for the gayatri mantra minimum you have to repeat that is 3 into 8 that is the minimum number you have to repeat for the gayatri mantra uh-huh. and that is 21 okay then what if you want to go higher next is the 45 next after that you want to go higher we say 108 Mm-hmm. so there is 108 ways of doing different things you want all those things to be channelized that is the simple meaning be- behind it of course if you get into the uh, the scholarly way there is so many ways of explaining it but for a simple person to understand there's 108 ways of doing any single thing That's I think this comes back to a story about a deity and a, a, well, a god and a goddess, and yeah. um, that uh, the two through yoga or through samadhi, like all these different methods of of uh, eternal salvation and moksha, there were one hundred and eight ways, not one hundred and nine. So that's yeah. why, and also I think it, from what I've read and understood, um, it's regarding to the distance from the sun and the moon and the earth. and the rotations that it makes so it's 108 times from the diameter and it there's quite there's a few different explanations which are so scientific it's absolutely blows your brain for this this is the most ancient advanced scientific reasoning behind not just the mantras and the sounds but the actual method to recite them and what they actually mean and and, and what they cover so for me that that's pretty amazing and also uh let's come back to a little bit about the, how to pronounce it yes, i'll please. give you an example as i said it is dhiyo yo nah prachodayat you have to say that n is a small h in there so some some singing some people sing it like dhiyo yo na prachodayat what happens there is na prachodayat that word is don't ignite it you are actually asking not to do that what you want to do that you are asking not to do that so that you are not getting the balance there so this is a simple error which is done in the gayatri mantra quite commonly so i thought i'll explain that to understand more so when you say dhiyo yo nah prachodayat you are saying that not only you whoever is around you when you are reciting or listening to it they all get the benefit of it to different degrees how much yeah, they have whatever they can absorb yeah so it's it's not na because na means no so it's naha so we yeah. got the naha and a very gentle ha sound at the end and i know i know there's different there's a channel that i follow on youtube and it's a gentleman on like it's a very in depth um recitation and a flow of of gayatri mantra and they always say that we pay homage to the rishis who's you know the, the beginning to say we give our respect to the person who created the mantra and wrote the mantra down in written form and then they then they praise the deity and then they start to recite the mantra so it's it's very nice to do that because i think you get more benefit because you're recognizing it where it actually came from and uh, and imbibing the qualities you know take get it for the for that particular deity as well yeah always when you say the mantra first you have to say which rishi has done that mantra and then the deity the reason behind this is one is your gratitude to give back to that rishi 
and to consider it as a mantra he has gone through a lot of test for that so for example gayatri mantra if you read the history of it if you read the story behind that so the person is vishwamitra he was a king he left everything he became a rishi then so then when he did come to know he kind of invented invented gayatri mantra he has to go through series of tests about that yeah and they sacrificed a lot to be you know to have to get the revelation of the words and the vibrations yeah and tune i was listening to various parts of the body almost like the earth has its own vibration we have our vibration and then certain parts within us have a different vibration and that's how when we use the gayatri mantra it activates certain parts and energizes certain parts and aligns those energies and that's actually it's really really wonderful but please do share the link with me for the sort of story of rishamadurishi that would be lovely to put onto the podcast as well see yeah the way how i remember i read it in either sanskrit or in my mother tongue when i was young but i will look for the english version and um, Uh, send it to you sure definitely yeah, that you. might be very interesting to most people it would it i i would be because i read a couple of versions but i'd like to see if you can find me if you think you can find me the authentic one then that would be amazing um and i just what yeah. um, we've talked talked about your typical clients that come to your clinic and we've talked about um how you found about mantras and we talked about panchakarma and and uh, pronunciations Can you talk to us a little bit about um your role as a teacher and educator? Yeah, I I do teach in the College of Ayurveda, mm-hmm. UK. That is uh, where I started my career as a teacher in this uh, country. We were with the Middlesex University at that time, but I'm still with them, and um, I do go to Europe, couple of places. um uh, mainly at the moment in the france i am involved extensively there also in the teaching uh in the ahimsa center mm-hmm. and then i do teach in my clinic itself i do give the basic courses which like for example a lay person wants to know about ayurveda and what you know ayurveda gives you so many options there might be a simple spices or simple things sitting around you they can be turned into medicine what you eat your daily food can be turned into medicine make a big difference to your day to day health so to teach all these things i do run a small course which is 3 months um, accredited um, course so that's actually runs once or twice in a year depending on the how busy my schedule is like that is that all online and or do, is there a practical with it as well because of the covid we have made it all online but if the lockdown goes off we are doing one last one day as a one whole day like that face to face like uh, there are some tricks of the kitchen how to use the maximize the benefit of the herb those things mm-hmm. to be taught face to face yeah Yeah, okay that sounds really interesting. Please do send us the link and we'll include it in the podcast below for anybody interesting um interested in learning the the magic of Ayurveda in the kitchen because uh, Asian or well, South Asian cooking is uh, quite magical. I think if we look obviously we we 
you know, our interest and uh, is in Ayurveda and that's where your knowledge is. So that's what we're going to relate to. But using herbs in the kitchen and using, you know, it's just simple, like using fennel. There's so many ways you can use fennel. You can use it for if you're breastfeeding and you want to, you know, increase your milk production. You can use it for that. You can use it if you have, a, you know, you digestive issues. You can use it for that. Um, yeah. You can use it for, you know, for children boiling up in water and adding uh, and adding that to milk I know that we've done that for ages that and I think the other one is called Adwain but I don't have forgotten the English name so you're gonna have to remind me of that one but there's so many ways of using yeah one of my Turkish friends said um, that in her in her country back home they use fennel on bread so they they have it to you know cover cover the loaf of bread and then they and have it as part of their you know diet in that way or some people make sweets with it so there's so many ways one particular herb can be used as a syrup as a herb as a powder as a decoction um and so many ways yeah. to travel into our body and um so yeah it is pretty amazing and um if anyone wants to learn any more or is interested in learning uh doing a short course of the introduction then dr Pratama's course i'm sure it's going to be very very well rounded and give you details and she's got a wealth of knowledge um, that she can share with you and from the astrology side doctor is that something that you're still practicing uh, can you hear me now yes i can hear you now okay that's fine and uh, from the astrology side is that something you're still practicing in the uk uh, what I do is I don't practice astrology because what, what happens is it will be too much on me. That's the reason I don't say that I won't practice astrology. But at the same time, for example, if I have got some patients, if I don't find any rational answer, sometimes through the investigations, what we do here and Ayurvedic diagnostics, then definitely I go for the astrology. That's how yeah. I use it here. And also what I use is for the disease specific, sometimes I give some time things to be listened to the patients and some sometimes to simple two line mantras to recite on their own. Those kind of things I do in, incorporate quite a lot in my um, practice. And that's very- wonderful. Yeah, that's because that's a real holistic approach and not just giving a prescription of powders and herbs but also something yeah extra to go or spirituality or, or energetically whatever way you look at it um in regards to prescribing mantras um so you say you give two lines or, or a, a specific anything specific that you'd like to share with the listeners to and, and your final thoughts so any specific mantra you'd like to give us or, or say, you know, for it doesn't have to be for an ailment. It could just be a generic one, something that you'd like to share. But I'll give you a generic uh, mantra for the two things. You can Google it and uh, listen to it, mm -hmm. or I do the link also. The first one is for the bodily ailments, mm -hmm. uh, especially the things related to your skin, your heart, that kind of things. That is Aditya Hridaya. Mm -hmm. And the next one is the Medha Sukta, that is for your brain, the mental issues. Yeah. Anything, you need to focus yourself, re rebalance yourself from there. It can happen to anybody. You don't need to have an illness 
you just feel like you are completely out of focus from there to you if you are having something like a, a depression or anxiety you can't focus yourself to you, it you are completely dependent on um the way how your illness takes you so those time also it helps this is kind of a general uh, mantra for the mental illness and the akuchyaradaya mm-hmm. is for the uh, illness those are the two kind of things i can tell you as a generally but as i told you it's like a specific i look into the person i match what i see on the ayurvedic diagnostics and i check it on the Uh, their investigations reports everything and then i i choose one mantra for them that's lovely and i know that rogs especially in nadi yoga there's lots of different rogs that they have and you know there's one for leg pain and there's one for you know for anxiety and and they played at different times uh, one of my favorite is rag bilu which is played in the afternoon it's a very like romantic romantic raga but it's just very relaxing and calming so when it's my son's nap time in the afternoon we this is our thing now we just i play it on the tv and he knows it all right it's time for me to have a nap now and he really enjoys it but it's it's wonderful to see because children are quite innocent they don't have as many barriers as adults and you can see children even from a young age that are responsive that are you know relaxing it's helping them to just you know come down and just get into the rhythm of their own body and experience different different emotions through the different ragas so that's that i find that fascinating and uh, i i i would like yeah. to do an episode just just focusing on raga therapy actually because i think that's pretty it is amazing you have to do that amy because that place you have to do that amy because yeah you have to do that because ragas again that's a, again a huge topic and it's very fascinating topic though you yeah. have to do that definitely that's well. a, another lovely thing thank you so it's much just to say that changes everything yeah yeah as it does it does it's so powerful and because there's no language you know there's no there's nothing to to argue about it's just the sound and there's no sound is good or bad our intellect has reasoning so we reason with the sound and think oh this is the bad sound this is a good sound actually sound is just sound and every vibration carries some form of healing or energy or some form some feeling or emotion can be you know can be cleared or can be can be brought into our our, our physical emotional being with that yeah. as well but um, yeah. thank you so much so true it was really wonderful having you on the show I really appreciate your time and uh, yeah definitely please send me all the links and then yeah, sure. can uh, yeah. and um, follow you up if they're interested in doing your course i think it's amazing wishing you all the best of luck for 2021 and uh, it's amazing that you're branching out into the into the european union and teaching we need more we need more uh, torch bearers like you to shine the light so it's great thank you so much and thank you so much for tuning into another episode of mantras and more um i uh, hope you've uh, enjoyed our session Uh, and I will be back to you shortly with another guest speaker. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.